here today for another episode of the serial thrillers as always it's your boy nick yeah that was my line <laughs> all right wait <clears throat> it's your boy i don't like that as always it's paul yeah okay we can go with that um paul how's your how's your week been going anything exciting going on it, in your world it was totally just ruined by the fact that i botched my catchphrase line pretty badly yeah but otherwise it's pretty good okay. i went to this place uh city winery okay i've um, heard of it it was pretty cool. I saw T.J. Miller there. You know, the really good guy who put a bomb threat on a train and caused hundreds of people to derail their entire commute? I saw him. Oh, he's a true American hero. But it was I for think. free, so I don't feel like I gave him any money. <laughs> Did you go to City Winery to see him, or you were just at City it Winery? It was to see him, him, yeah. You know, I had a celebrity sighting this week. Ooh, I saw, tell me more. I saw, uh, I was standing outside Penn Station, and this black Escalade pulls up. Uh-oh. And so I'm already on, like, kind of high alert because I'm like, what's going to happen? And the store opens and Pete Davidson gets out. Whoa, why is he in a black Escalade? He should be saving that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He should be making, well, he should be making some better financial decisions right mm-hmm. now. But these two girls got in and then he said hi to them and then also got in and closed the door. Ooh, scandalous. It was one of those, like, 12-second celebrity sightings that just make New York New York. Yeah, and it was was it one of those things? Because I, I actually do have a pretty funny celebrity sighting. It was like seven or eight years ago. I was uh, was with my friend. I think we were at like a liquor store to, like by Times Square. It was the one where they, it was in Sharknado two or three. <laughs> Seriously, um, and this van popped out, and David Keckner um, like ran out, and you could like look in the van, and I'm like. 99% sure it was like Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell in the van. Wow. And I'm pretty sure it's when they were filming Anchorman 2. And like David Koechner just runs out and buys like two huge bottles. And, and it was like this really shitty van. And like it wasn't in character. Like he just came in, bought like two bottles and ran back into a van. Wow. That is a very good celebrity sighting story. Yeah, I know. That's my only one. Oh, except for Richard Kind. I have 20 of him. Okay. Do you want to tell any of them? I don't think people want to hear them. That's true. I don't. Anyway. Uh, Thanks, Nick. Cool. So uh, we are here today for the serial thrillers. As usual, our typical format is we have a special guest with us mm-hmm. who has selected his or her favorite serial, which we will enjoy a bowl of while we talk to them and get to know them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So very special guest tonight that I'm very excited for. Um, it's your boy. Will Carey. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? Will, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, we just talked about how we're doing. Yeah, you guys sound like you're going pretty good. I, I wanted to chime in with like a recent celebrity sighting I had. And now it's your opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So go. Um, well, I, uh, I recently uh, was going, coming back from my, uh, my office because I, uh, uh, I work near Bryant Park. And as I was walking in with my lunch, Alan Alda walked out. Oh, cool. Oh. Because uh, they're doing a, a MASH reunion on his podcast. Uh, Wait, even Alan Alda has a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, and they're getting like uh, the original cast of, of MASH back, and they're going to do like a reunion thing. 
Um, but you were talking about you saw Pete Davidson outside Penn Station. Yeah. So a couple, like, I'd say around this time last year, I was outside Penn Station. I was going across the street, and I ran into uh, Scott Conant, the uh, celebrity chef and, like, the judge on Chopped okay. and other shows on the Food Network. Uh, and I was like... And he, he had, like, sort of, like, hemp... He, he sort of looked like he had, like, hemp-style, like, wristbands on and stuff. Like, he wasn't in his, like, full-on, like, suit with the... The hair was still perfect. And I was like, are you Scott Conan? And I mentioned... <laughs> and, and he was like, I am. And I was like, oh, I, I, I see you on Chopped. And I think he was getting ready to, like, step back away from me. But then I was like... <laughs> But he was also was the executive. Perfect opportunity to keep going. <laughs> but then he was also the executive chef at a restaurant called Scarpetta uh, for a long time, which is this like really fancy uh, Italian restaurant that uh, always participates in restaurant week. So I was like, oh, I've been to Scarpetta several times. I, I love it. And then he was like, oh, thanks. I'm actually not involved with that restaurant anymore. It's like, oh, you're not? <laughs> sort of like it would be like if I were to. It would be like if I were to go up to like the lead singer, uh, like go up to Steve Perry and say, "Oh, I just I love Journey. I love how you are currently the lead singer of Journey." <laughs> oh, you haven't been for a long time. Ooh. Well, but it's but it's almost like because if you compare a restaurant to a concert, it's like you went to the concert, saw the band, sang Steve Perry, and we're like, "You were awesome," yeah. because, the, <laughs> because the chef wasn't there. Right. That's how I take it. Yeah. It's like if I would have got up to Pete Davidson and been like, "I love Ariana Grande." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then Too he told me about his. But then he told me about his new restaurant. I was like, "Oh, cool! I'll check it out. I'll check it out." And he was like, "That's how you do it." And there was a camera guys, filming. Did him. you guys high five at the end? <laughs> uh, we shook hands, but we didn't slow motion okay. shake hands or. Uh, well, it was real life, so it was like a regular shake hands. No freeze frame, okay. Yeah, nothing mm. like that, unfortunately. All right, taking notes, taking notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, celebrities. Uh, One of the best parts about New York. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm to the point where, like, because um, when I first moved moved here, I would be like, oh, my gosh, I saw I saw the guy from the Verizon cable commercials, and I would, <laughs> I would like, tweet about that. And now you're in a show with him at the pit. <laughs> <laughs> That is how full circle this city is. Paul, have you ever been recognized on the street? Like, because you do a lot of shows around the city. Like, has anyone ever recognized you? Uh, so uh, there was one time that actually made me feel really good, but there's a bit of setup to it. So I was in the sketch group called Grape Duchess of York for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And um, we, well, my favorite sketch that we did was me playing a reformed drug dealer. And I had started this... Um, uh, community project. It was called Caring for Our Community's Kids, which translates into C O C K. And <laughs> I was I was at a bar in Astoria. This is like eight or nine years ago. <laughs> but a guy came up to me. He goes, "Are you the cock guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out he was friends with someone in the group, uh, and he had okay. saw the video. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Well, so like for me, I took level one at the pit. Had my grad show. First time ever doing an improv show in public. Like two weeks mm -hmm. later, I'm at UCB seeing another show. And this girl walks up to me in the audience. And she's like, did I just see you do a show at the pit? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you were really funny. And I was like, wow. And that was after my very first improv show and, ever. And that's how you know. And you were like, I'm famous. But that's how you know you actually probably were really funny. Because uh, I see people I see do shows all the time. And I make it a point to go up to the people who I'm like, oh, they were great. I just want to let them know yeah. that they were great so they yeah. keep doing it. I want to encourage them. 
Well, it worked. I kept doing it. But I think I just had like this unrealistic expectation that like, oh, I did like one show. Now I'm going to get like recognized all the time. <laughs> That's uh, how it works. Yeah. Showbiz. Yeah. I remember when I first started stand up going and I, I was I had I was fortunate enough that I had a couple of pretty good sets early on. I remember going setting up like my comedy MySpace page and thinking, oh, oh, OK, I don't want a friend. I don't want a friend Josh Blue just yet. He's obviously going to watch my videos, and he's going to need me to open for him. And I want to make sure I have at least thirty minutes of material first. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, fun things like fun delusional thoughts. MySpace, mm. yes, MySpace. So this was like two thousand and seven when I started comedy. Was that MySpace still around then? I think so. I yeah, I got my Facebook. I thought Facebook had already taken over. I got my Facebook in two thousand seven, but I definitely kept using MySpace for couple years after that yeah what was your display name on myspace was it your name or did you have like a fun name oh man i don't even know if i remember it was so long ago um because i remember mine <laughs> oh, i'm, I'm waiting right. yeah big reveal let's go will <laughs> uh it was for a long time my myspace display name was nothing can kill the grimace <laughs> <laughs> go on <laughs> um which is a reference to a line from the short-lived Clerks animated series. Okay. Uh, that I think they only aired two episodes on ABC, but you can get this. Was six. that all they even aired? You know how bad you must be to give up after two aired episodes when you already spent the money to make them? <laughs> right. And especially for something like animation, which is so time-intensive. But yeah, but I had the, I found the DVD that has like the six, I think it was like they only made six or seven total. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember them airing like completely out of order. And, and I think, I think Kevin Smith said on one of the, uh, uh, commentaries, he was like, cause I think originally like UPN offered to buy it and they like thought maybe they should go with network and the, and Kevin was just like, guys, fuck the brass ring. If, <laughs> if a cable network says, we'll pick up your show for 20 episodes, do it. Yeah. Which uh, which I've uh, I have not had the chance to put that into practice yet, but I'm I'm holding on to it for when I do. I think it's gonna happen because I'm optimistic. Crossing my fingers. Yeah, you're you, you're an optimistic uh, you're optimistic group. That's what I found around like the my time with like the sketch and sketch and improv people is like all there's a lot of optimism and camaraderie compared to. To stand up. Well, it's natural though. Like first off, in improv, you like have to be right, like uh, have each other's back, like, yeah. literally. Yes. Um, and sketch is all collaboration. Where stand up is like, it doesn't matter how any other yeah. stand up does. Like, yeah. When you're up there, like it's all about you. Like there just isn't. It, I mean, obviously, like you want to be part of a great show, but like with improv or sketch, like you need to like have each other's backs and like be there with each other yeah on the same page. And, and i think that floats even like team to team like any show i'm on i want the whole show to be good right you know right. Where, where where do you feel like if you kill your set and then every other comedian bombs or you're like still are you still jazzed <laughs> about it uh i definitely i can definitely i've definitely been on shows that where I've been the strongest set and I've been like, well, at least I had a good set. Um, and I've also been on shows where I've been like, it's definitely a different feeling to when the whole show is like, oh my God, everyone did so great. This was so, so amazing. That's a very different feeling to when only, when only you do well or only one person does well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, and I'm speaking in big generalizations, I do think that there's a certain element uh, to stand-up comedians that are like, no, I want to be have the best set on the show. Still, I think that's fair though. I think that's part of the yeah. game with it. I'm too, I'm too <laughs> scared to do stand-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it's hard. I feel like it's really hard. Like I have a lot of respect for it because I think it's, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's just you with a microphone. I I find that hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe I'm and maybe I'm just used to it, but I just I it just feels like so natural just to go up there with my crazy thoughts and and mm-hmm. talk about them. And maybe I've been doing them to a while where I don't live or die by if one show is particularly horrible or if one joke doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's ju- uh, just a byproduct of doing it for a while. But um, I, I almost find, like, to me, improv is, that's the scary part for me. Because, like, I at least have, like, a 70% idea of what I'm going to say when I go on stage to do stand-up. But the idea of, of improv and, like, the idea that not everything is meant to be hilarious, that's what, that's what terrifies me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I like most about improv is kind of the unpredictability. Mm-hmm. And I think... I mean, I think it, it is, audiences have very different expectations for improv than they do for stand-up. Yeah. I think when you are watching someone and you know they've been, like, preparing something and, like, they've practiced it and, like, are doing something that they know how to be doing, I think there's a lot more... There, it's just a very different set of expectations than when you're watching improv and you know that everything that's happening is being completely made up. And it's not like the expectations are lower. You know, like, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're making it up, so, like, it's not going it, to They're different, funny. though. It's different. It is very different. Because you can, like, sometimes if you're at, like, a really good show and you almost see the thought in the performer's head and you're thinking at the same time mm-hmm. and then you see it happen and uh-huh. you're like, oh, that's awesome. Like, there's almost, like, a, a showmanship also aspect to it where you're like, damn, they were really smart and quick on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. Almost like, I guess, if you were in a jazz quartet and someone takes just, like, a killer solo <laughs> probably actually yeah. and you're just like jazz oh. is improv right um not all of it but there is a very strong improvisational element to the best jazz if you i guess if you were to ask like the cool kids <laughs> all right the cool kids <laughs> all right cool well will do you want to talk a little bit about what cereal you brought here today uh yes so we've got uh for the show today we have one of my favorite cereals from when i was a kid fruity pebbles uh which i don't I can't remember if it's inspired by the Flintstones or if they're just the mascots, but Fred and Barney have been on the cover of Fruity Pebbles for as long as I can remember. And Pebbles is the name of the daughter of yeah. Flintstones. Yeah, but I, I sort of feel like I, I sort of feel like now that you know people aren't w- watching the Flintstones or have like a lot of nostalgic memories of watching the Flintstones, not that at least in the circles I run in, that. <laughs> I think they're just viewed as like the the mascots now, the same way, uh, the the same way like the Smacks Frog is the mascot for. Smacks. Oh my God! So are you saying because this is true? Because Flintstones are kind of before my time. Well, they're I from like the sixties, right? Yeah. Well, the hunt. Well, yeah, but they've tried to keep it going. Yeah. They they have. Well, like in you know they've obviously branched off with the vitamins, uh, the Flintstones vitamins. Um, well, originally the Flintstones, I think, was an animated like version of the Honeymooners, like a prehistoric version of the Honeymooners. Is yeah, what its original okay. premise was that makes sense. So the Honeymooners is like what the fifties. 
let's just say 50, let's just 60, say it's like yeah. the 50s maybe 60s. yeah it was on from 58 to 64 i just made up yeah so so <laughs> this so this would have come after that so this is probably like yeah 60s i'm thinking like Hanna Barbera's like 60s 70s when i think of Hanna Barbera yeah let's say like 66 to like 79 was prime flintstones time but yeah. so what you're saying now is that kids probably don't know that they were a tv show they right. just view them as mascots of a cereal. Oh, that's interesting. Right. My mind was just blown because I think he's right. <laughs> I know. Do we have any kids we can ask? I, I no. do not know any kids. And okay. uh, and and Chris's and Cindy's daughter is not talking yet. So. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, where if you know a kid, you can ask them and uh, just get back to us so that we can. Yeah, but ask them in a way that doesn't tip off the answer that you want, parents. Yeah. Well, yeah, like chime That's in true. with chime, Open chime let's, in. Not, let's not ask a leading question here. <laughs> yeah, chime in with your thoughts on the the association of of Fred and Barney with the cereal versus knowledge of the source material. All right, I'm gonna pour a little almond beverage into my bowl. Okay, perfect. And I'm gonna grab some. I'm gonna grab some Cherry Valley whole milk. You know, I'm looking at the back of the box, and I'm thinking. Yeah, if I was a kid, I would have no idea. I would just think that this was a very elaborate creation for a cereal. Right. I don't like, know. It's do... like a really creative uh, box art. I do feel like there is, there has to still be like some cultural awareness though of the Flintstones. Like, but I, I can't think. Remember of what when they went be. to Vegas in a movie? <laughs> I I do remember Viva Lock. Viva Rock Vegas. How yes, long I do ago remember. did that movie come out? Oh, that's is that like Nick, I think it might have been before you were born. No, <laughs> that's not. That's nineties. Well, like... it came out. There was this theater by me that was like a home-owned theater called the Atrium, and it opened up maybe when I was around. Can I start 10? eating this? Yes. yes. Okay. Please. Okay. It opened up around when I was around ten. So I'm thinking this movie came out late nineties, mm-hmm. but maybe more like ninety-six though. Maybe more mid nineties. Yeah, like 96, 97. When someone was like, you know what's a great idea? <laughs> Let's have the Flintstones go to a real place but make it a rock version. Like when I say rock, I don't mean like rock and roll. I mean a quarry version like a, of that. Like a dinosaur era. And oh, and also we've decided that dinosaurs and people exist, so we're pre-creationist. Well, it's kind of like, what was that, like, Father of the Pride? That was, like, that animated show about, like, the lions from, like, Siegfried and Roy? Hmm. I don't remember it was, that like, in Las Well, Vegas. they got there. They got theirs, right? Right. The show also lasted maybe, like, eight months or so. But I just remember it was, like... It was a fictionalized version of what their lives were like. It was more... Was it just a... them shaking in a cage? <laughs> no, they were, like, they were, like, celebrities in the show. I have very vague recollection of this, but I'm 80% sure this was a real thing. I believe it, because it's too specific to not be. Yeah. So I don't think I ever actually had Fruity Pebbles as a child. I think this really? was always one of those cereals that was like kind of off limits. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like... Um, and even now, even though now they're trying to make it a little bit healthier, since like oh, Super Size Me and stuff, it was definitely one of those like... Um, sugary kind of cereals like if you if you're like if your mom only let you eat kicks you were not getting fruity pebbles that was like well that was like cocaine well i'm gonna counter you this because this it's actually not that terrible i think compared to other cereals yeah. but fruity pebbles was like the most we can go it was like in my household line. like fruity pebbles were okay but like that they, it was the it that was it. Right. No, nothing farther. 
Right. You weren't going to get like a waffle crisp or. Um... I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> you know, I think these stats may actually be a little bit better than what we saw with some of our previous previous cereals, specifically the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, yeah. That's just coated in sugar. But I feel like the image of Fruity Pebbles is a more sugary image than the image of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You think it's like the trap for parents where they could trick the kids into thinking they're getting the worst cereal, but, you know, reasonable. Oh, that's a good idea. And it is another use of worst cereal to describe the least healthy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the big thing is the the sugary cereals when, when I was younger. Like, parents were like, oh, don't give, don't let your kids have this. Give them, like, and then there's, like, a certain, th- you hit, like, a certain age when, like, all of your breakfast cereals starts tasting like the box. Mm. You know, like, like, Kashi or uh, Grape Nuts. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Well, I, I was thinking a lot about this, and cereal cannot be even a top three choice for a healthy breakfast in well, reality, right? Well, I think it mm-hmm. depends on the kind of cereal, because I think, like, there are cereals that are literally like twigs. Yeah. Like you're literally just pouring milk on twigs. Yeah, but like shouldn't in, in the morning, don't you want like a mix of f- like fresh fruit and protein, like and protein to fill you up and, and fruit for like yeah, I think fruit, vitamins. I think fruit, you want fruit for vitamins and that's kind of like a, a sweet thing. I've never eaten a bowl of cereal and then my hunger has been satisfied. That's no. That's never been like a thing for me. I don't think cereal exists to satisfy hunger. I think it exist to satisfy cravings for food <laughs> you know explain like, the difference well i think like like <laughs> like satiation and satiety just just, get some, just get something in that tummy you know yeah. like there's a certain point where you're like i want to feel like full and there's also a certain point where you're like i, I just need i yeah. want food like fuel yeah like i'm not filling up the tank i'm just trying to get down the road Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, oh, I need to get home, but I don't want to, you know, I only yeah, have $4 you're, in my bank account. You're, you're, you're buying gas solely for the amount of distance you have to travel. <laughs> yes. That Always is safe. Compared to filling up your tank. Well, so, Will, where did you grow up? What was, what was your, and what was your cereal sitch situation? My cereal sitch, and I'm, I'm, and I'm careful to keep eating this because there is a time limit once you pour milk on Fruity Pebbles before it turns into sludge. Um, I grew up in uh, Southern Maryland. Uh, the town I grew up in, uh, for the first for from like birth to ten years old, I lived in Lesby, Maryland, and then I moved to St. Leonard, Maryland when I was ten. And both of those are like population like under eight hundred cities in uh, oh, wow. in mm-hmm. in Calvert County in Southern Maryland. Uh, it's about an hour and a half uh, south of Washington, D.C. It's considered a, a suburb of D.C. Did you go into the district a lot as a kid? Uh, not really. I, on occasion, like to visit uh, family or like for school trips. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, not not that much. My parents weren't like big on going into the city types. Um, it was usually always for like a school a school thing. So I oh, I were your school trips to go see like the Washington Monument or the Lincoln Memorial or yeah, other or, or see a play at like the Kennedy Center, like yeah. s- stuff like that. And um, as far as the the cereal situation was concerned, my my parents never or my my dad I don't think ever had too much to say about what I was eating. But my uh, and my mom never really was super strict about uh, cere- cereals and stuff. I just kind of like picked what I wanted, but. Um, cereal was always like a weekend thing for me because I thought it, it involved more moving parts. (laughs) 
Like there's there's a bowl and a spoon. What age are we go. in this scenario? In this scenario, I kind of feel the same way too, though. Like when I'm in my apartment on like Saturday, it's morning, a lot. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's like I kind of want something I can just like pull out of a drawer and shove in my face. Right. Uh, this is probably like elementary, uh, middle middle school uh, f- for the most part. Yeah, because oh, so sleep was at a premium too. Like you didn't want to go to school. Yeah, sleep was at a premium. I, I was basically. What is the absolute latest I can wake up and then still be ready for school? Because my mom was an elementary school teacher, mm. so I had to go to school the same time she did, which was a lot oh, of times too early. earlier, earlier yeah. than the rest of the kids. So, so what was your weekday breakfast? Weekday breakfast for uh, elementary school was usually uh, was usually like bacon microwaved in between the the paper towels. Okay, um, and then as I got into like. Middle school and high school, I, st- I, I started um, having like fruit on the bottom yogurt. And, oh. And then, I, and then occasionally I would go through these phases of drinking Slim Fast, believe it or not. Wow. Being like a kid, and it, I don't think it's like designed <laughs> no. uh, for, for children necessarily. That's but just food. Um, well, I remember trying to like, my, my mom, I think, would try to sell it to me as like a, it's a milkshake, but I'm like, this is not a milkshake, mother. Um, cause I, well, I was, a, let's say like a weight conscious milkshake. Es- essentially. Have but you guys ever with, done Weight Watchers? Cause I have. Ice cream. Well, the, well, there's no, there's no ice cream involved. I think it's just like milk exactly. and, and powder. It's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I had these like Weight Watchers milkshakes when I was like a teen or something like that. Or maybe, uh-huh. I don't know what age, but I'm pretty sure it was like water and like a packet. It was weird. Oh. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I remember every time I would drink sometimes just chugging it to get it down faster because it wasn't like that that's what you want to hear about a food product. Yeah, it just wasn't get, like it wasn't it, like an enjoyable experience. Right. Sponsored by Slim Fast. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the Serial Thrillers brought to you by Slim Fast. Well, there was that there there was this like era where they were trying to make uh, there was this area where they were really trying hard to come up with different ways to make unhealthy food healthier and so like you had kicks which was like a very a less uh, a, a less sugary uh breakfast cereal aimed at kids and that was meant to appeal to the parents and then uh do you remember like they had like Olean, which was like this i do oh, there was sounds this, so familiar Olean was this oil that they started like f- making like potato chips and stuff in that was supposed I, to I, be I, I feel like it's terrible for us because it's not around anymore oh yeah <laughs> it, it got pulled off the market immediately i because i i think it would like mess up your digestive system so there was some pretty gnarly side effects uh after eating it and not in like a in a, in a like a pleasant way um <laughs> i love my digestive side effects that are pleasant like I, i've, yeah, I've you know it's I've, gone now. I've, I've always been a bigger dude and i always realized that because um, my, my, my parents are extremely health conscious, but they also, like, will have, like, diet soda and, and like, margarine instead of butter. And, and when I got older, I learned, like, the more, like, fake stuff you have, like, the actual worse it is for you. And I think it has, like, these side effects that, like, trick your body and make it just as bad in a different way. Yeah, because, yeah. like, your body still reacts to it. Yeah, the, like the real thing. I remember getting like angry at my parents when they would buy like a sugar-free or like fat-free version of something, just and like I didn't 
like I never would have noticed the difference in taste, but I think just like the fact that they were giving us something healthier as opposed to like what we wanted mm-hmm. would just like right. make me so angry at them. I yeah, like just let me have it. You yeah. Know? Well, I I got to a certain point where I was like, this is very unpleasant. I'm like, this this like sugar free or fat free substitute, and eventually like when I, because I I've I've been b- pretty big. I've been big my most of my life too, but I. In between my junior year and senior year of high school, I lost like sixty pounds over the summer, mm-hmm. and I came and I came in, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" And the only way I, the way I did that was just by well, first off, I would like ride my bike for two hours every day, mm-hmm. and exercise. Then, yeah, and then like the thing, if I wanted the thing, I wouldn't like beat around, it. I wouldn't beat around the bush. I would just eat the thing, and then I would make a, a choice to like eat less make sure I was eating less of the thing mm-hmm. or I would like, if I was going to have a big lunch, maybe I'll have a, a lighter dinner, like th- that, those kind of trade-offs, like the moderation, which is not, it's, it's not easy to sell moderation as like a, an idea. <laughs> like everyone wants like, it's hard. Yeah. Or like some, or now it's like some like cult exercise program, like P90X or like soul cycle. It's uh-huh. just like really like indoctrinizing. You will ride the bike for <laughs> 45 minutes and then you will be beautiful like all of us wait does, does that work um well <laughs> i like the exercise part of it but i just i don't like the like i don't like the cult like atmosphere that p90x and practitioners of uh soul cycle seem to all have yeah i i've at least with Soul Cycle, i will say this because i know i've known people who work there too they acknowledge it like they aren't naive to it. They're like, oh yeah, it's, it's totally like a cult. <laughs> but the fact that they're acknowledging it makes it less harmful, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, that that comforts me to hear that. Yeah, that they acknowledge it. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, it's the old joke, but it's like the CrossFit people who I'm always very <laughs> yeah skeptical about because exactly. they are they are very into it and they don't realize how into it they are. Yeah, I think it's that way with anything though. Like. And back to Will's point about moderation, like I think it's easy to fall into a trap when you, especially when you first start trying something for the first time of like putting all of your energy into it and kind of losing sight of like how much it's like taking over every aspect of your life. Right. And when people call you out on it, it can be like hard to acknowledge it at first because it just becomes so much of your world. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I want to retract my statement. I'm sorry, CrossFitters. (laughs) That was mean. I do it with just many other forms of things. Yeah, because, I mean, when it's – and then if it's new, you get really into it. But to answer your earlier question, Paul, about the cereal situation, so so Fruity Pebbles was was always big for me. I always enjoyed that. Uh, Captain Crunch was also very big. Mm -hmm. Um, But Captain Crunch, uh, you know, it, it, it cuts your mouth up. When you eat it, yeah, that is true. I was never a big fan of the marshmallow cereals either. I never had the. That was the one where my mom was like, "You don't need marshmallows." What's a marshmallow cereal? cereal? Like Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Oh, I thought Captain Crunch also had. No, Captain Crunch was is just those yellow like razor blades in little balls. Oh, those that's not good. Sugar, sugar sticks, whatever. They would have Crunch Berries also, and then they would have. Oh, that's why I'm thinking that might mm, be that. Yeah. But crunch berries are just flavored corn. <laughs> yes. There's, there's no marshmallow. There's red dye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think Captain Crunch ever did a marshmallow variation. Um, but yeah, I think Rice Krispies had some sort of marshmallow variation eventually because 
even Rice Krispies was like, hey, this our, our cereal isn't really uh, there's not much in it. Well, we should jazz it up a little bit. Well, a Rice Krispie treat is just Rice Krispies and marshmallow. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. But I'm like sure at some point they had Rice Krispies yeah. marshmallow treat breakfast, like a, a special edition. You know, I think someday on this podcast we should get like people who work in the industry. You know, like people in the biz who are the ones who like came up with these ideas. Like the marketing people from Post. <laughs> yes. If any of our listeners are marketing people at Post, mm-hmm. please email us. I would actually you know love who that. A, you know who a good guest would be? Um, the woman from the Honey Bunches of Oats commercials. Oh. <laughs> she, oh. She's a real factory worker. She just retired. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. That's, cool. That's actually a good story. I don't know, though. I don't want to be in bed with big cereal. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I like having our independent operation over here. It would be really funny and a horrible waste of money to find like some weird special edition online, buy for like a thousand dollars an old <laughs> box of cereal and just use it for this. <laughs> and, and, and then get food poisoning on the podcast. That would be that would be hilarious, actually. I would and then that would be that. the last episode. <laughs> yes, it'd be like, All right, folks, so we are opening a vintage French toast crunch. From yeah. 1996. But it'd be right. weird because also, like, Clerks, uh, our episodes would come out out of order. <laughs> so we'd die and then <laughs> right. <keep> going. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, it's like, all right. Uh, I can feel my insides liquefying as well, we speak. No, because it's like dead food. So I think it's like it's sealed, air sealed. I think it lasts for like ever. That that sounds about right. That's always the point they try to make with uh, they make with fast food. Yeah, also. McDonald's. No, I, th- there's this thing you could find online. Like someone buys like a hamburger and just leaves it sitting out for like a week. And at the end of the week, like it's not moldy. It's, it doesn't look different. It looks like the same thing. I will say though, this yeah. box of fruity pebbles has a very clear expiration date written on it. That is less than a year from today's date. Well, I am wrong. Well, <laughs> well, we can say that. We could do another episode next year with the same. I, I believe true. conspiracy theories, though, because I believe that expiration dates were created, um, like, in order to sell more. Like, the expiration dates, I don't think there's any science behind it. Well, it's a best buy date. So that's the date that they've determined that their product tastes <laughs> That they the need best. to sell this so yeah. they keep selling more. No, because there's no like science between between half of the expiration dates. There's a bit of legality to it, I assume. There's mm-hmm. a bit of business and marketing to it. I think health takes the third, like yeah. line item there. Yeah, like legitimate. Okay, you you got to get this out by. You you got to eat this by this time. If you eat it after this, you, you ever we are not subject to anything that happens to you. I think there yeah. definitely has to be some science, though. Like there has to be something that says like after a certain period of time, like. The like uh, the cocktail of chemicals in here will start to create like something bad that you shouldn't be ingesting. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We balance it out with a very natural almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's true. And to clarify, this is not almond milk, Paul. This is Trader Joe's almond beverage. Ooh, well, it tastes like milk. Oh yeah, they had That's to change. The they had to change that recently because because uh, it's not milk. Because big milk was uh, big, big milk. Big, big milk was like oh yeah. Almond milk, where show me where the nipples are on the almonds. <laughs> show me where they are. It's kind of like right here. <laughs> yes. So, our viewers can't, uh, our listeners, but you know, it's kind of like a, kind of like a little yeah. dip on top. Yeah, it's like right almond. at the tip. There's this old joke that's like the reason vegans are so cranky is because they have to wake up at 4 a.m. to milk the almonds every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never joke? heard that. <laughs> it's old. It's from like 2014. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, isn't this just the concept of time mind-boggling? <laughs> well, the fact that 2014 is like now almost half a decade ago is just like... The thing that I realized recently that blew my mind was that Rebecca Black's Friday came out almost eight years ago. Oh no. Yeah. That whole like... What's that she whole up to? Thing, I, I actually <laughs> listened to a podcast recently where she was the guest. I think she's still singing. She's still singing. Um, she like... Because obviously, like, she was a kid when this happened, and, like, she got herself into a bad situation. Yeah, this where, very like, fluke thing. Right. It was, like, this thing where, like, no one's going to see this video. It was, like, a fun thing that, like, her parents paid for. So, like, you know, oh, cool, look at me. I have a music video. And, of course, then it goes viral and, like, destroys her life. <laughs> but she's, like, doing fine now. Like, she can't really, like, talk about it a lot because of, like, legal issues that came from, like, everything that happened with, like, the record company and all these things. Yeah, because there was, like... They're like, no, we own this song. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sort of remember that, and I remember, I remember it just being when I would see her like on, on uh, shows. She was like, uh, you know, very upbeat and positive compared to the bile that was being directed at her on the internet. Right. Um, well, think like she did. Like she's just a kid who like made a fun video. You know, and then, like the yeah, entire internet just like destroyed yeah. her. It's, We're it's, all so mean. It's the crossfitters. I really take that back. <laughs> it's the modern equivalent of when you would like go to King's Dominion or the mall and do like the fun karaoke music video. What the hell a, is King's Dominion? Oh, it's a, an amusement park in Virginia. Oh, did, did you know more. that, Paul? I did not. You made it sound like such a matter of fact thing. <laughs> I guess I actually I th- thought it was a mall because you said like Kings Dominion or a mall, so I thought that I, was just the name of your mall. Well, 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 uh, well. Kings Domin- Kings Dominion was like the cool amusement park to go to from like the Maryland, D- uh, Virginia, DC area. Okay. It had um, it had like the bi- biggest roller coasters and and the one thing I remember is a friend of mine and I think his uh, it it was him and maybe his uh, sister. Um, they had this uh, karaoke music video for getting jiggy with it. And it was like, it's very 90s. It's like the kind of thing where it's like obvious green screen of like just random stuff. And it's like, oh, it's a cool, fun thing that you pay $30 for and you remember your day at King's Dominion kind of thing. It actually does um, sound nice. So that's what Rebecca Black was was doing. It's like who, if you were a kid and you and you liked singing, who wouldn't want to be in their own music video? Right. And it was, like, the quality, like, it wasn't bad, like, you know. Yeah, it was professionally put together. Yeah. There's, like, a couple things, like, with the kid driving the car that were a little weird. But, like, you know, it was a nice <laughs> That's why bit. she can't talk about it for legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that kid right. is in prison now for it's, the next 20 like, years. It's like he did not have a driver's <laughs> license. It was all illegal. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> well, I imagine she probably is, like, she doesn't want to be the Friday girl for the rest of her life. She was also right. in that Katy Perry music video. Oh, last Friday night. For last yeah. Friday night. Yeah. She talked about that on the podcast too. That was nice of Katy. Yeah. To kind of right or wrong. You know, Katy seems like a good person. She does. I think she'd be cool. Yeah. I imagine so. She well, that's that we all, Yeah. Well, that's why I assume she's a good person. Yeah. I assume, uh, let me take that back. I assume she can't be a huge diva. Because there was still a time where she was piling in a van on Warp Tour on like a side stage. She was not on. She yeah. wasn't big then. Like she was on. Just yeah, a, that was like I think that was just right when I kissed a girl had come out. Yeah, and she had that other song that I bet she's probably not singing now because it's 2018 and it wouldn't be politically correct. She had that song "You're So Gay." 
And the chorus oh, is yeah. like, you're so gay, and I bet you don't even like boys. Which I don't exactly yeah. know what the chorus of that yeah, is. Yeah, that would not go mean. well. We'd have another Kevin Hart Oscar situation on our hands. Uh, yeah. Paul, you're dating the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Um, cool. Well, we'll uh, we're just about at time now. Do you have anything else you want to add about, about your pebbles or anything um, else? Fruity Pebbles, uh, not that, and they're not paying me to say this. I find it an enjoyable, crunchy treat if you eat it fast enough. Um, there is a certain <laughs> milk to cereal ratio that, because uh, with, and maybe you'll discuss this in future episodes. There's a real, you you can't put too much milk on cereal, because then it just drowns it and becomes so- soggy too quick, and you can't put not enough milk on cereal because you're essentially just eating it dry. Right. You know, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give Fruity Pebbles a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, based on, on what? Flavor, taste, and flavor <laughs> overall. Texture? You know, I think overall, you know, uh, I do enjoy the flavor. They are very sweet. Um, I do think, like you said, they soggied up very quickly. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I thought it was a pleasant experience. I would eat more in the future. And and I probably will as well. I, I bought a box like last month. I'm probably going to buy another before. <laughs> well, you can have the last bowl that's in this box. Oh, right excellent. Best podcast ever. Five star. Review. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Remember to leave us five stars. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it a, a six and a half. Oh. I remember being better as a kid. <laughs> you know, it very well may have been like the formula may have changed. I feel like they made it healthier. Yeah. And your palate might have also uh, evolved. evolved I, am as well. very, <laughs> I don't think anything of me has evolved. Well, well. I, well, I think as you age, like you're, because like remember how when you, I remember being a kid and like not being able to even like put green vegetables or like salad in my mouth, just going like, eh, no, not a fan. Oh. And now, and now I can. So, yeah. For reference, Paul will not not eat at any restaurants these days with less than a two Michelin stars. Yeah, two is like the min. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, this has been another episode of the Serial Thrillers. Will, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. And remember, kids, eat your cereal. Cereal.